0: We are Snowbird Nation. Hey, welcome to Snowbird Nation, a lifestyle connection of resources to designing lives. What is a snowbird, you ask? Well, a snowbird is a person who travels south or west during the winter months in order to escape northern weather and obtain partial relief from the high cost of northern area taxes. So snowbirding is that act of traveling and living part of the year and spending part of the time in southern and western areas to enjoy the beautiful climate. And all the south and west has to offer while at the same time avoiding the harsh polar vortex that may be coming in the winter weather of the north. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, podcast, YouTube, Vimeo, and elsewhere, for we are Snowbird Nation, and I am the voice of Snowbird Nation, Mike Searcy. Snowbird Nation is divided into two segments per episode. Segment one is dedicated to education and opportunity. For you or those of you who want to learn more about snowbirding, Segment two is dedicated to those of you visiting the Valley of the Sun, whether you're visiting now for a number of months or a short vacation with us here in Arizona. We're going to go over what exciting events are happening, as well as cover the real estate market numbers to date. So you will want to stick with us on today's show. Segment one starts right now on Snowbird Nation.
1: Hey guys, welcome into the program. I am Jason Stansel and here with the host of Snowbird Nation and the Snowbird Nation podcast, Mr. Mike Searcy. Mike, it's great to be back in the bird's nest. Thank you for having me here.
0: Oh, well, it's a pleasure having you back. The last time I was here uh, doing our episode, I wound up doing it myself because for those of you that are very familiar with what's going on in the world right now, oh. Jason was unable to join us because of his Oh, shall we say lockdown quarantine time.
1: Yep, it was uh, a lot of fun. Good to know that Arizona is back open and thriving. It is. And uh, this is a great time to, for you and, and Snowbird Nation to put out another podcast because...
0: So you remember last week we were talking about uh, the idea that most of the buyers that we have coming in from out of out of state... Uh, around the country, they're all still in very strong and serious buyer's markets. And that typically means that in buyer's markets, buyers are able to make the call. They're in charge. They're in command because there's more inventory, simple supply uh, uh, supply and demand economics. Uh, there's more inventory in many cases around the United States than there are buyers to buy them. Sure. That's the reverse in Arizona. Right. And so here we are grossly in a seller's market. But there's a really interesting thing because now we've got people that have coming, are coming down here into Arizona with that mentality of I'm going to just go ahead and purchase at, oh, let's say 85% of list price. Mm-hmm. Because where they come from, an 85% list to sell ratio is normal and typical. Now, the issue that we've got here, Jason, as you well know, is we're in a seller's market. What does that mean for a list to sell ratio?
1: Oh, that's absolutely correct. And it is that that's out the window, especially right here in Arizona. And if you're a buyer coming down here, especially a transient buyer, which Snowbird Nation caters to, you've got to understand your agent is paramount in you getting that property. Throw your buyer's ratio out the door and look at that list price because you're going to be right there.
0: Yeah, our list to sell ratio is somewhere around 105 to 107%. Isn't that amazing? And what does that mean? Well, essentially, it means that if we've got the one attitude that, all right, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to come in at like 85% on the property that I dearly want. I came down. I've been looking at the internet and I found the one. And I'm going to put an 85% offer on it. And then how many times does the agent, if the agent is being honest and forthright with you and not just catering to you, which happens quite a bit, how many times do we need to actually write offers that are going to be now denied, you won't even get in the conversation, you won't even get in the game, because you didn't understand the market here in Arizona, and all of a sudden you're losing one, three, five, seven houses before something finally dawns on you that your agent is placating you mm-hmm. and allowing you to write these offers. now. Legally, as long as I'm going to tell you, look, this is the market we're in. Legally, you can write the offer any way you want, Right. but it is my suggestion. So when I say that the the agents are letting you, nah, they are, but they should be giving you the best advice. Right. And so here we've got uh, essentially one of those, those scenarios where you're losing this many houses before you finally wake up and go, all right, I guess I got to actually go at list price. And then we go through the whole thing all over again because houses are going more than list price. And then we start realizing, wait a minute – why am I wasting all this time when if I really want the house and now my deadline's coming on, I race to get the last and the next house possible, and it may not be the one I really wanted, but I don't have a choice
1: because my deadline is already here. Exactly. And then what do you do? And as you've always talked about, you're an advocate mm-hmm. for your buyers and sellers, and you're yeah. very forthcoming. It's a fiduciary mm-hmm. obligation, and we yes. see time and time again too many agents who do exactly that, placate their buyers, and then they come in at that offer, but what happens when you finally write that full price offer? It's too late. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: too late. And and I'll tell you, and these houses are selling right now in a seller's market. We have more buyers than we have inventory, than we have sellers. Mm -hmm. And so when we have many buyers competing for the same house, we, of course, have a bidding war of sorts that starts to happen. Huge competition. And because of that, and if I've already said, we're going 105 to 107% over list price. Mm-hmm. So if it's selling – let's say it's listed for $100,000, and that is a very bad hypothetical because very few things <laughs> in this, this valley are $100,000. you could find yeah. one. let me know. But uh, let, let me go ahead and just use that as a round number so we can do the math. Sure. So 107 percent, of course, is $107,000. Right. All right. So let's look at it this way. The only way to stay in the conversation – because if I write an offer at $102,000 – but there are six other offers on the table and all of them are 103 105 107 109
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: my 102 am I even getting the time of day? No no not at all in no. fact I'm, I'm gonna the time will come and go for that contract to purchase mm-hmm. will expire and then if I even hear from the listing agent they're gonna call and say oh I'm sorry our people have decided to go with another offer work with another offer and you're out of out on the cold. Just like that, without even getting
1: in the conversation. And let me ask you this, because you've been dealing with a lot of these. Um, sometimes, if you're you're not that winning offer, do you even get the call back? I mean, do you even know? And you got your buyers that are kind of hanging out, going, "Mike, what happened? Where's the offer?" And you're like. Listen, I told you we, you know, you yeah. gotta come in strong or not at all.
0: Well, as a buyer's agent, I hound the listing agent, and I and, know you do. <laughs> well, <how> <laughs> and so I'm I'm gonna call regularly. How what's the status of the offer? What's mm-hmm. going on? How do we what do we know? Are uh, you know and advocate with the story of my seller of my buyer, right? So that we know that they know that there's there's real people behind that offer. Right. There's a human life. There's human family. There's human story behind it's that a offer. Real offer, and and that this 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 is really going to happen if you if you take us seriously but when we talk about a strong offer should i have come in at 100 let's say i came in at 110,000 for that 100 and at $100,000 listing right. does that make any sense to the buyer is it the best position we could be in well, that's a good question well and and it it is a great question but does it do the best service as a fiduciary for the buyer and believe it or not
1: that answer is no Okay. And that's that, to me, is an interesting answer because right now, watching what we're doing in the market, and as you know with my capital firm, uh, we've got some residential properties in Nashville, yeah. about six of them, in smaller markets. Yeah. And you were right. It's about that 105% ratio is what all six of those kind of averaged. And these are in smaller smaller markets. Sure. So sure. you're right. So I would think coming in at that 110 maybe is a good thing, but now understanding it's not, yeah. why is that?
0: Well. You know, I alluded to this in a previous episode, but I never explained it. Okay. So let's talk about the number one strategy for com- for saving your buyer's money, protecting your buyer's money and investment, while at the same time getting in the conversation when there are multiple offers. Okay. So it's called the Escalation Clause. Now listen very carefully to me because the majority of agents that have, are, have even been in the, in the market for 20 years or more, they don't know this. And I'm
1: curious to understand it.
0: Because I have, I've used this in the last four deals just in this last month that I put together. And the only way we got into the conversation with the sellers is through the Escalation Clause. Okay. All right. So let's take this hundred thousand dollar property again. Pure example. If if you know, nobody call me and ask for a hundred thousand dollar <laughs> property. It's just math purposes. <laughs> it's for math only because unfortunately there are very very few properties in this valley that are a hundred thousand dollars or less that that uh, everyone's going to be excited about. Right. So having said that, let's go ahead and look at it this way: a hundred thousand dollars. But let's say that based on your market, and you're going to come back and tell me, but nobody pays full price. I get that a lot. So let's go ahead and meet in the middle. Let's talk about what is a reasonable price point to write the offer for. And we're going to write that offer, let's just suggest for the moment, for 96 Okay. But... So 96. So if they don't have another offer coming in, and if we're the only offer on the table, 96 might be reasonable, especially if that property has been on the market for a while. Follow me so far. Follow you. OK. Then in Section 8 of the contract, okay. which is the other terms and conditions, and it's just a bunch of blank lines on the Arizona contract, Okay. I'm going to write in an escalation clause that, says, that starts off with... In the event of multiple offers, so I'm already setting it up. Uh In the event of multiple offers, seller is willing to go, and then we have a conversation with the seller about what the seller is willing to go. Is it $1,000, $1,001? Is it $5,000, dollars Oh, I
1: see. That's very clever.
0: Okay. Uh, And so we're going to basically put in a number there. We're willing to go $1,001. Above the highest bona fide offer received, period. Not to exceed, and what's your cap?
1: Oh wow.
0: So not to exceed 110, for example. Wow. Now what have I done? Let's say we went in at ninety-eight and no other offers are coming in. Our offer is ninety-eight. But if somebody was being really blatant and going, Nope, I'm giving 107, we've now offered our offer at ninety-eight is now actually worth to them. $108,001. I'll be damned. And what that does is they're required at this point to give us a copy of the highest bona fide offer for proof Uh with the counter offer for the price of of whatever it is above their price. I'll be damned. And what that does is it saves. It's a $98,000 offer. It's the offer that the buyers truly wanted – but most of the time, the buyers are going to say, if I only knew what the other offer was, I would have gone to this price. Right. Well, now we're able to kind of go in and on the sly with a clause called the escalation clause mm-hmm. that allows us to get in the conversation. Now, you still have a 10-day inspection period, whereas that if there are major repairs and things that need to happen, you're sure. still going to negotiate that. Sure. But here's the best part. You're now in the conversation, and if you are so far into the conversation that the deal is now signed between you, the buyer, and the seller, everyone else has kind of drifted off at this point. You are at the top. So when the appraisal comes in, should it, by chance, not appraise at the price of the contract, but let's say it appraised at ninety nine. Wow, look at that. I am going to, as your fiduciary, Mm -hmm. as your advocate, I am going to throw a temper tantrum and stamp my feet and hold my breath, (laughs) and I'm going (laughs) to get them to drop that price to the 99 Uh because you have essentially a couple of choices that could happen when the appraisal comes. If it's lower than the contract price – then they could, the sellers have the option of either lowering the property price to the contract price and moving forward with the sale. Right. Or you can, if you so desire, pull the extra money out of your pocket if you're financing this uh-huh. and, and pay the difference in cash. Or you can walk away. But now the thing is you're in the driver's seat and you have control. Unbelievable. All because of a 10, 12, 15-word clause that we slip into because we've prepped the buyer who came from a buyer's market. Right. Doesn't fully understand a seller's market but does at least understand that if there are multiple offers – would you really want to give this away for five thousand dollars? Do you want to leave? You want to walk away from this for a, a mere five thousand dollars, a mere four thousand dollars, whatever that cap might be.
1: But at least you're in the conversation, and then they have a tangible choice. Yes, I love it. That is a great explanation. I've always been curious about that myself.
0: No, this and, and this is exactly how we at the Snowbird Nation Real Estate Group. Protect our buyers and get advocate for them to get to their goals because otherwise, well, what are we doing? We're spinning our re- wheels, writing 5, 10, 15. Oh, my gosh. I heard a realtor tell me recently they wrote 25 offers before they actually got a seller to accept one because they kept getting shut out of the conversation because of, of multiple offers and they weren't the top offer.
1: Unbelievable. And And this is common, though, in Arizona. This is absolutely common. And we've got, you know, 60 something thousand agents, whatever the number's up to now. It seems like it changes every week. Yes. Um, It's the more you know, Michael, it's the more you know.
0: Absolutely. And that's this, this is exactly why having an advocate who knows what they're doing doing yeah, in their market who understands the market Mm -hmm. i mean and i can i can help you translate your market right to our market and, and this is one of those ways we do it but the escalation clause is paramount in this market if you want to stay in the conversation and not be writing many many offers praying you get this one and then get dejected and discouraged and depressed because it's just not happening for you
1: Unbelievable. I love that. This is why you contact Mike Searcy. This is why you work with Snowbird Nation. Mike, that information is fantastic. I know we're going to go to break. We're going to come back in the second half of the program and elaborate a little bit more on the markets, what's happening in the world, and why Arizona is still... To me, and probably you, the greatest place to invest in real estate. You've been listening to Snowbird Nation with your host, Mike Searcy. To find out how you can become a member, go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Snowbird Nation. Simply click on Become a Patron to join. You'll receive private investment opportunity, exclusive content, monthly news, and real-time industry updates. Join us every week right here on Snowbird Nation.
0: Here is your real estate market update for the Valley of the Sun here in Arizona for the last week of May 2020. Sponsored by Mike Searcy, your chief real estate advocate and the professor of Snowbird Nation. And also sponsored by Debbie Rogers and Dave Bombacci of Lawyer's Title of Arizona. Today we start with Sun City. Sun City has a slight seller's advantage market with houses currently listing and up from last week at an average of $155 per square foot with a house median list price of $239,995 and an average day on market of 64 Sun City condominiums are currently listing at, and holding steady from last week, an average of $132 per square foot. Condominiums are currently listing at a median list price of $156,460, with an average days on market of 74. For Scottsdale, the snapshot zip code we are looking at today is eight five two six zero, which is roughly the area around Frank Lloyd Wright and the one hundred one. Here we are looking at a strong seller's market with houses listing and up from last week at two hundred and eighty-six dollars per square foot. The median list prices for houses in this area is eight hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, with an average days on market of seventy-five. For this area of Scottsdale, condominiums listing and holding steady from last week, at an average of $239 per square foot. And the median list price for condominiums is $325,000, with an average days on market of 60. In Phoenix, we are looking at a snapshot of zip code 85023, with also a strong seller's market. Here, the list prices of houses, and are up from last week, are averaging $178 per square foot. The median list price for houses in this area, $387,000, with an average days on market of 88. For this zip code in Phoenix, condominiums are holding steady uh, and listing at $140 per square foot, and the median list price for condominiums is $170,500, with an average days on market of 56. In Glendale, we are looking at a snapshot of zip code 85310. Again, a strong seller's market, where we have houses up from last week, listing for an average of $189 per square foot. The current median list price for houses here is $489,000, with an average days on market of 76. For this zip code in Glendale, there is no aggregate condominium data to report. If you are interested in buying or selling and wanting to know how these numbers especially affect your situation, call or text me, Mike Searcy, your Chief Real Estate Advocate for Snowbird Nation at 217-553-3509.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the second half of uh, the Snowbird Nation podcast with your host, the professor, Mike Searcy, President and Founder of Snowbird Nation. Uh, Mike. First segment, we talked about what's happening in the markets. Phoenix, Arizona, Maricopa County, everything that's Arizona-related, very, very strong. Great information in that first segment. I think that that was really well done. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, to
0: Second segment today, we want to talk about what's going on with restaurants? Of course. And I'll tell you what. One of the interesting things um, that we've been doing in terms of some segments for some of our other media channels is Chicagoland Midwest Comfort Food. Mm -hmm. Um, We did a segment not too long ago at the Detroit Coney uh, place uh, out in um, Scottsdale uh where we could get good Coney dogs and the like and uh-huh. and so one of the things that I started longing for especially with the lockdown and the shutdown and uh-huh. the the quarantine mm-hmm. um you know I'm sure we've all had enough of our quarantinis and various cocktail concoctions ah, at home for uh, sure but uh, uh I started to get a penchant as some of the restaurants are starting to open back up for Chicago comfort food and I found myself on Friday last Heading to Giordano's Pizza in Peoria. There you go. OK. Now, as I walked into Giordano's, I did find something very peculiar, mm-hmm. meaning a number of these other restaurants are already starting to open up their dining room. But when I walked into Giordano's, all the, door, all the, all the, door, the doors were open, but the uh, chairs were still up on the tables. And I I met the person at the cash register and I said, I am craving a Giordano's stuffed pizza because let's face it, a good stuffed pizza from Chicagoland made at Giordano's is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, When I think Chicago, I think Giordano's. Okay, I mean, it goes right hand in hand with the Cubs, but that's another another segment perhaps. But so as we're starting to look at this, I went in and they looked at me and they said, um we are not open in our dining room yet. And I thought, that's got to be strange. I said, I'm looking next door, right across the parking lot. There was a Hooters one way and a P.F. Chang's the other way. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, as I'm looking at those parking lots full, I sa- I looked at them. And I go, why would you be closed when everybody else around you is open? And they told me, well, we could, we'd be happy to give you takeout. We'd be happy to help set up delivery. I said, but part of the ambiance, part of the, the whole cultural thing is in Giordano's dining room. Right. And so um, they, they said, no, we take all of our orders from corporate in Chicago. And when Chicago's ready to open up, then we'll be given the green
1: light. Oh, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I was dejected, depressed. Mm-hmm. Of course. I was hurt. Right. Um, I, I mean, I had I, – I,
0: don't, don't get me wrong. I still got my Chicago pizza. Well, of course. But I had to take it with me. Right. Um, and, and it's just not the same. And so I went to I went to Giordano's and got a takeout. Then I went to Total Wine. Here's your hint, folks: you can get old style beer at Total Wine, which is a liquor store you can find all across the valley. Mm-hmm. So I got my Chicago beer, old style, and a Giordano's pizza, and I had to go to the park to eat it. So tell me. Jason, what restaurants have you actually been to and, and are open and happy?
1: You know, what's funny is because just coming here to the Bird's Nest, and yeah. uh, you are located in Old Town Scottsdale. I which am, is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And you know the strand that we call it, Scottsdale Road, from roughly Camelback okay. uh, and uh, Scottsdale Road, all the way to about Thomas and Scottsdale Road. Okay. You know, each side of the street is lined with Restaurant after restaurant, bar after bar. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's a very, very famous tourist spot. And, of course, COVID knocked the tourist dollars right out of Arizona. Yeah. And and that's one of the biggest industries that we have. Hasn't stopped
0: people coming and buying. Has
1: not stopped people from coming and buying. But as you just mentioned at Giordano's, half the experience, I'm saying, Probably three-quarters of the experience is eating there. It's the ambiance. It's being in the restaurant. And that's what Scottsdale is really famous for on all the restaurants. So I have been to several restaurants. Uh, A lot of the local restaurants are open. Nice. So I did do the P.F. Chang's that's on the corner of uh, Camelback and Scottsdale Road. Fantastic. It was a different experience. The dining room was open. There was social distancing. Uh, It was every other table had been removed. Um, They did bring out anything I wanted, but it was upon request So it was a little bit different. Including
0: things like salt and pepper.
1: All of it is on request. And again, now, to your point, Giordano's is corporately owned in Chicago, and they're following that corporate mandate. P.F. Chang's is also a chain that is not headquartered here, so they're following some different rules. But I will tell you, I was at Loco Patron. After that, it's a great Mexican restaurant and uh, brewery that's right down the street, roughly Scottsdale and Fifth, and it was a very different story. I mean, it was business as usual. People were still practicing social distancing, but... The atmosphere was what you go in there for. You don't want to get their takeout. It's fantastic food. I love their tacos. Uh, Margaritas are the best. But you want to be there. You want to have the ambiance. You want to see the people. it's, It's such a vibrant atmosphere. And it's one of those restaurants that are right on the street. So it's got the big... Patio, and I know you you've eaten there with me before in the past over the last couple of years. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So it was nice to see that that was open. Then we also took a walk right around the corner to the rack, which is a pool hall and uh, a great bar and darts and all of that kind of things. You know, I like to play darts. Yeah. Uh, yep. And that was that was open and roaring. And uh, it's wonderful to see. But I will tell you, on the way to the bird's nest today, I did drive the strand from Camelback all the way down okay. to where we are located and uh, there are people lining the streets all the restaurants are open nice everybody seems to be back supporting the community and i think this is uh, this is exactly what we need to do and that's part of the reason if you are looking to come to arizona you know having somebody like you in your corner to know hey arizona's back we're open for business arizona is open our real estate market is still the best in the country yep. and it's getting stronger so as we come out of this it's, it's already through the roof. I mean, your first segment was so perfect because teaching about that escalation clause, you need to know how to use that now because people come here for the restaurants. They come here for the ambiance. They come here for the nightclubs. I mean, we, we made national news last week because everybody's out doing stuff.
0: And, and here's the interesting thing about everybody being out doing stuff. When we talk about Snowbird Nation and we talk about the snowbird movement, mm-hmm. one of the things that people think about is no, the normal snowbird configuration is, according to the calendar, is that during the summer months, when it gets warmer, now when I say warmer, some people are going to say downright hot, <laughs> but when it gets warmer here in Arizona, that's when people go back up north to visit their families sure. and to be with their loved ones that – where they came from essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when it gets cooler up north and it gets more temperate here, right. then people come down here and spend their time in much, much more relaxed climate. Right. Well, here's the thing. Lots of people, before we even started this COVID thing, we were getting about 300 people a day moving into Maricopa County, which okay. is where Phoenix and Scottsdale and Buckeye and Litchfield Park and Goodyear all happened to be, surprise, that one too. And so uh, so 300 people a day making this the fastest growing county in the United States. Absolutely. Normally, during the summer months, such as now, the roads would be nearly empty. And for a while they were because of the COVID. Right. And for a while they they were otherwise. But here's the interesting thing. Right now, people are flacking to Arizona because – and, and the heat is here oh yeah. yesterday it was 112 degrees yes it was yes, and it was. and mind you it's a dry heat and and you know and, and as such if you had access to a swimming pool everybody was swimming if not in air conditioning mm-hmm. and and it was just such a wonderful day to do that uh, but People are flacking here because of this really interesting rumor, and I am not going to suggest that I am a medical doctor, so don't don't take what I say as medical advice in one way or the other, but this is what I'm, I'm just repeating a rumor. I'm well, just I know where there. you're going with this. So people are saying that heat kills the virus, mm-hmm. and those that are buying into that, whether or not it be true, I don't know, and I am not the guy to say, Right. but whether or not it be true People And more and more people are flocking into Arizona right now in the heat. And so when you say, oh, all this is going, you go out onto the to, to old town Scottsdale where all the bars are and things like this. They've got all their misters going now. Oh, absolutely. And so you can actually go walk the sidewalk and stuff and go near the outdoor patios, and the misters are spraying, giving you this really, really wonderfully cool feeling while you're sitting out there uh, enjoying your drink, enjoying your lunch, dinner, whatever it might be. What an amazing time.
1: It is, and you're absolutely right. And it's funny that you say that, and uh, full disclaimer, who knows if it's true or not, but I'm seeing so many people over the last two weeks when we open back up. And, uh, you know, speaking of Sundays, if you ever come to the Strand on a Sunday, it's Sunday fun day in Scottsdale. People start at 10 in the morning. And, right. you know, they go all day and all night. But normally when it's 110, you see those those numbers kind of dwindle and, and deplete a little bit. But not right now. Everybody is out. The mysteries are in full effect. Cabin fever, baby. On. Cabin fever but people are coming here they are coming here in flocks far more than they even were before this virus i can't wait till you do the podcast in june when we start getting some of the numbers and we we started reopening all the country and everything starts to get back to what we call some semblance of normal arizona's going to be off the chart yeah
0: and you know we talked about that escalation clause uh in the first segment but one of the 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 greatest things we do for Snowbird Nation and those that call us from outside the state. See, a lot of people don't wanna spend their time uh, in a hotel for the same reasons of, of contracting something that might some germ virus etc sure. that might be in the hotel. Of course. So we're starting to see this interesting little trend. Even before you come down and enjoy the restaurants, you want to buy a condo or you want to buy a house. I get it. I understand that. So what's happening is people are calling Snowbird Nation Real Estate Group. We are going out and doing these interesting virtual tours of the properties themselves. People are putting offers on them based on our discussions with them at length about it, and then what they're doing is they're going through the 30 days because it takes about 30 days from writing a contract to the time you get keys. So they're going through the 30 days and doing their due diligence from afar with our assistance to actually acquire the property. Then we're helping them hire a sanitation uh, sanitizing let me put it that way. Sanitation Mm -hmm. sounds like a garbage hauler. A sanitizing company a cleaning company that goes in sanitizes and does a deep clean of the entire house inside and out. And and then then once that's all finished and ready, then the buyers are coming down, assuming the house, then going out. So they're actually coming down here, whether it's for a snowbirding scenario or permanent, but they're doing it from afar and then popping in, taking over the house, and here you are. All the restaurants, all the, the, the beautiful heat, the nice swimming pools, whatever it might be, and it's kind of a turnkey
1: operation just for you. Isn't that amazing? And I think you're going to see more and more of that because you've managed and a lot of the agents have adopted this to do these virtual tours and selling these homes directly to people out of state who haven't seen them at all because you can do this with so much technology now. It's unbelievable. And this whole everybody working from home and a lot of people not missing a beat and saying, why do I really need an office? Why do I have to go back there? Yeah. This is going to change how we work, how we purchase. I mean, Amazon created that so long ago on the virtual purchase, but you can mm-hmm. do it in real estate. So if anybody's out there, outside of Arizona, wants to get in here, Michael, they've got to get a hold of you and Snowbird Nation because this is the time to get somebody on your team that can actually compete.
0: You know, it's kind of funny. We we are uh, here at Snowbird Nation. We are chuckling over the fact that all these agents now are starting to do virtual tours and the like. Um, they're catching up to us is what they're Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. So it, it means we got to do a little bit of a scramble and get ahead of them. And, mm. and we will. Uh, but they're catching up to what we've been doing for our, our buyers and our clients all along. So having said that, um, we are our um, – Snowbird Nation, a real estate group. Join us, if you will. And if you have questions about real estate in general here in the Valley or anywhere, uh, you know you can contact me always. Call or text at 217-553-3509.
1: Mike, thank you for having me on this episode. I really appreciate it. Welcome back. And for all of you, make sure you keep tuning in to the Snowbird Nation podcast with Mike Searcy. You've been listening to Snowbird Nation with your host, Mike Searcy. To find out how you can become a member, go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Snowbird Nation. Simply click on Become a Patron to join. You'll receive private investment opportunity, exclusive content, monthly news, and real-time industry updates. Join us every week right here on Snowbird Nation.